Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. It is time for Coexist. I'm your host, Co Lewis, and I'm so glad. Whoops. I'm so glad to be here again for another power hour of talking about conservation. It's conversation for conservation and the show is called coexist and i'm your host co lewis and i'm very excited because i have a double header of awesomeness today and i have two spectrums of animals that we're dealing with right here in the u.s and my guests today are robin vituli and uh, mike meese robin is with face which is an organization freedom for all captive elephants and Mike Meese works for the Buffalo Field Campaign. And you guys are out there in the trenches doing wonderful work. And I want to welcome you to the show. And, uh, you know, it's still kind of a new concept, this podcast, but I'm having these amazing people on. And I'm sure today is going to be no different because I've heard such amazing things about you. So welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Thank you for having us. Sure. So, Robin, where yeah. are you right now? I'm located in uh, Brigantine, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's a little shore community um, close to Atlantic City. All right. And, Mike, you're in your fabulous Our- cabin in, uh, in West Yellowstone, which is an awesome thing. So, welcome. Thank you. So what we're going to do, you guys, is um, we're going to talk to each of you individually. And what we can do is come together at the end of the show. That would be terrific if we could, you know, kind of solve the world's issues and, you know, talk about different ways that, you know, we can inspire people to, you know, tackle the crisis of what we're doing with these animals in the world. And it is something that it's a full-time job for all of us. So you guys ready? And let me check one thing here. Crystal, I just want to make sure. I know it's live, but that's okay. There's there's just a strange thing on my screen right here, and I just want to make sure everything's okay before we get started. Crystal from IQ Podcast is going to check something for me. Okay, cool. All right, you guys. So here we go. So, um, Robin, I will have you as my first guest. And, Mike, um, we're going to be talking to you here very shortly. And, again, Robin Vituli is with Freedom for All Captive Elephants. Face, it's known for. Um, so tell me about your history and what inspired you to be part of FACE and be a co-founder of it and walk us through the history of you and FACE and what you guys are doing right now. Uh, thanks again, Co, for having uh, me on to talk about, um, free all captive elephants. Um, 
personally myself um, actually ties into uh, kind of what you stand for is I became aware of the magnificence of elephants uh, when I learned of the poaching crisis in Africa. Um, I attended a march in New York City uh, for people to come together and march and bring awareness um, to the poaching crisis. Um, after meeting people of my uh, same uh, heart, uh, after just being on social media, uh, I, it was just so wonderful to be in the company of others that felt the way that I did. Um, about these magnificent creatures. And so what I did is after I went home from this march, um, I started to think about, well, what can I do um, to help elephants? And, and I yep, we're getting a little wan. We know you're there, Robin. So hang on one second. We're going to check again. Oh, okay. You know what? Um, we're going to try to get you back, Robin, in a second here. Um, Mike, let's go to you right now. So, Mike, you are with the Buffalo Field Campaign, and um, you are doing something amazing for the benefit of Buffalo, especially in the Yellowstone area. I want to hear about, you know, when I went to your website, you know, I know about the Buffalo, and I knew the crisis uh, of... Elephants. Oh, sorry. Um uh Let's you guys hang on. Sorry, hang on, Robin. We're we're have we've been having some some issues with the internet. So hang on. Are you there right now? Okay. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, that's what happens I'm when here. you get live Facebook. Everybody, anything could happen. So all right. So Robin, we're back to you. Sorry, we we lost you there for a while. So I brought Mike on. Okay. But anyway, so you were saying that you were inspired. Okay. You you were with like minded people. Um, and you wanted to do something, so please continue. Sure. Um, well, what I was saying is I attended this march and uh, finally met people face-to-face -face that had the same um, heart that I did for elephants. And, and the poaching crisis in Africa is uh, what brought me in to learn about elephants. And uh, I wanted to know what could I do. I asked myself, what could I do for elephants um, right here in the United States. So I started to learn about the suffering uh, of elephants in circuses and zoos. And that began uh, my uh, advocacy um, and my dedication and uh, to bring awareness uh, to the suffering of circus elephants. And, uh, you know, the mission of FACE is similar to yours. It's um, through education and awareness and the spread of knowledge um, that we teach the world about the magnificence of elephants and the suffering they endure in captivity. Uh, many just don't know. And it's our job to bring awareness and to teach people so that they do know, because our voices are very powerful. If people know about the suffering uh, of elephants, what happens behind the scenes when nobody is watching um, it's horrific. They're beaten. Uh, they're horrifically beaten behind the scenes when, when nobody is watching. And that's when the damage is done. Um, we started off advocating for an elephant named Nosy. Um, the Nosy, famous Nosy, yeah. Uh, was a wild-born... 
Yeah, Nosy was a wild-born elephant in uh, Zimbabwe, Africa. Uh, what happens is because of human, um, because of the encroachment, the human elephant conflict, because of uh, the human population growing uh, so uh, you know fast and taking up the land and, and encroaching on the elephant's territory, uh, the uh, government does what's called a cull. And uh, this is a mass killing of herds of elephants because of the conflict uh, between the land of elephants and humans. Um, and the babies are left behind. And what happened was the um, this um, eccentric millionaire from Florida uh, named uh, Arthur Jones, uh, who owned the Nautilus Equipment Company, uh, decided that he was going to go over to Africa and bring back uh, 63 baby elephants on a big jumbo jet because his wife wanted to uh, have an elephant herd in, in basically their backyard. And uh, so Nosy was one of those elephants that was left over after the cull. Um, she was only two years old, uh, a baby, and baby elephants um, nurse from their mothers uh, well into their uh, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Um, they, females stay with their mothers their whole life. Their whole herds, you know, they stay with their herds their whole life. Uh, and, the, and the males, of course, when they become um, juniors or adults, they, they go off on their own. But uh, Nosy, uh, along with 62 other baby elephants, were flown over in a big jumbo jet, uh, very scared. They had just witnessed a, a horrible um, culling of their whole herd. Um, they ended up at this ranch in Ocala, Florida for about four years. And then eventually they were all sold off um, to circuses and zoos. And Nosy ended up in the care of a circus called uh, the Great American Family Circus or Liebel Family Circus. Nosy stayed with the circus for uh, more than 30 years. And her life on the road existed uh, she was solitary, no other elephants to be around. And uh, she performed tricks. Um, she gave back breaking rides to uh, children and adults alike for her entire life in this very small uh, seedy circus. And again, uh, she was these carted are, around every summer. And these are very social animals they need other elephants for their existence for their mental health for everything and just imagine you know just jumping in for a second for our listeners imagine you have a child and sure. somebody takes your child away how, how would you feel you know what i mean how, how would you feel having that heartbreak because the animals are so empathetic and sympathetic these animals are highly highly sympathetic and their social structure is so strong and imagine the baby. So you've just destroyed two sets of lives for a circus. Right, exactly. And every elephant that you see in a circus has basically been through what's called a breaking, uh, which is a horrific tying up, uh, beating, uh, until their spirits are broken. Basically they just give in um, from the pain, uh, the emotional and physical pain, uh, they're, they're, uh, 
they, their spirits, they just give in and they obey and do what they're told. But throughout their whole life in the circus, it's not just one time that they're beaten. They're beaten on a regular basis. And if you go to a circus, you may not see this because with all the hoopla and, and, and the toys and, and the lights and the music and all that, you, you look at the elephant performing in the circus and you may think, oh, they look like they're having fun. But they're not. They're only obeying what they're told to do because they know that if they don't, because they are so intelligent, they know that if they don't obey, they're going to get beaten behind the scenes. And we have documentation of this. Um, and we uh, have a documentary um, that's coming out. It's called Broken. And what it represents is the broken spirits, the broken lives of elephants, uh, the broken system uh, that allows this to continue in the United States. Now, how many, how uh, many so captive? To continue the story of nose. Oh, I'm sorry, the delay. I didn't mean to jump on you. I just had a quick question. How many captive elephants are in the U.S. right now? Oh, there's, there's uh, hundreds. There's, there's dozens in circuses still, and uh, there are hundreds in zoos. Uh, and zoos are actually no better roadside zoos than circuses in their treatment of elephants. Uh, they. They keep them uh, chained. Um, they keep them um, in line with the bull hooks. Still, they're not allowed to roam vast uh, acres to uh, keep their systems, their their physical, their digestive systems working. Um, they're gawked at. Um, they're behind a glass. Uh, their their lives are are a shell of what they should be. Uh, as if they were in the wild. And when will your, um, when does this documentary um, come out? Has it come out or is it going to be released? Oop, having some issues again. With our fabulous internet, it happens. That's live Facebook and podcasting. Robin, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> well, Mike, it's you again. We'll see if she comes back. Um, again, Mike Meese from the Buffalo Field Campaign. Um, Robin, are you there? Are you are you there, Robin? Are you there? Am I back? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I'm here. Mike, you're our, you're our our stand-in boyfriend. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. It's it's the internet. It's, it happens. So anyway, I'd asked you about the uh, the documentary Broken. Is it out or is it coming out? It's coming out. We finished production in June, and we have actually submitted to the Sundance Film Festival. So we're hoping to get picked up by them so that the whole world can see uh, our documentary. And our documentary... Um, is based on um we will chronicle the life of nosy of course because she is our um uh, our success story with uh, free all captive elephants um and also it chronicles uh, it, it tells about the government uh complacency and complicit acts as far as doing what they're supposed to be doing to protect um elephants it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, they send out inspectors when there's complaints. Uh, the inspectors inspect, uh, either they find something and if they do find something, it's, um, it's reported as a, um, they cite the circus, uh, once in a while, um, they bring up a charge. Uh, but most of the time what happens is they give them a fine, uh, not even a fine. They may just cite them and say, this is a problem that you need to fix. And the circus uh, owners will say, oh, yes, of course, we're going to fix this problem. And the problem is very serious to the elephant. Uh, the, the elephant's care or the tigers, uh, you know, all of the circus uh, animals suffer uh, because of the lack of, uh, you know, uh, action on the government's part to hold them to the standards of the Animal Welfare Act, which uh, has rules and regulations that protect the animals. And the USDA is in charge of enforcing those uh, regulations. And uh, so Broken will uh, dive into that. Uh, we have uh, undercover videos. Uh, we have interviews with very key people um, that will tell a big tale about what's going on uh, with uh, the inactions of our government agencies um, to protect elephants. And this is the only uh, people that have control over whether uh, the elephants are taken out of their abusive situations and taken to a sanctuary. Uh, in the case of Nosy, we actually tracked her and her circus family for years all over the United States. Uh, we would contact venues that she was going to and the officials in the area to let them know of all the uh, violations, the hundreds of violations against the circus and uh, how Nosy suffered. And this was key because the places that she was going and the areas that she was going to had no, no idea all of the violations. Uh, once they learned of these violations through our actions, through our members' actions, through our, our Facebook uh, social media, uh, we were able to have many uh, venues cancel uh, all of their their shows. And also we called out the USDA and, and uh, you know, just continue to bring attention to this dilapidated circus that needed. Um, we were on their tails and they were hiding. They were running. They were hiding. After a while, they didn't even advertise where they were going anymore because everywhere they would show up, we were there. We would e either protest, we would have members in all different states say, I found Nosy, she's here, um, and then we would take action. And this lasted for a couple years until one day she was in Alabama and she was uh, in very bad shape. And we actually had someone reach out and find us through social media after seeing her on the side of the road uh, set up to give rides and uh, she was in really bad shape. The owners were begging for hay. Uh, they had no food. Uh, her, her water uh, source was non-existent. Uh, she was in really bad shape. And bottom line, what happened is uh, 
the animal control officer uh, that went out to inspect because of the advocate that contacted us ended up seizing her. The judge, they had a trial. Uh, it it was a, a miracle. And the, the city that this happened in was Malton. Yes, <laughs> it was a miracle because uh, Nosey... Uh, I mean, she's a real success case. She is a real success case. And this is the power of people taking action like you and all your followers and reporting where Nosy is. I mean, that is just something to be proud of. I mean, that's really a testament to teamwork and action, you know, and here she is in a sanctuary in Tennessee having the best life ever. You know, we're trying to make up for lost time for what was stolen from her. But she is a real yeah, success after. story and, 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 and so inspirational. And I urge everybody who's not aware of the Nosy the Elephant situation, you can see what the power of people and, and doing something can do. Because the lives that these elephants and other animals and circuses and roadside zoos, this is not fun and games. They have no home. They're on trains or in trucks. They, they have no bearing. They have, they're completely isolated. They're not treated well. It, it, it's, it's a slow madness for all of them, not to mention the physical trauma that they go through. It is, a, is, it, it is so unacceptable to me that this goes on everywhere. And, you know, the good news is I think you hit it on the head. When people are aware of what's going on, things start to change. Like you said, those other circuses like, oh, my God, I, I had no idea it was that bad. You know, once people know, I think the world's kind of slowly waking up like, okay, that's not right. It may have been that way for a long time, but that doesn't mean it's right. So kudos to you guys. Well, before, yeah, before social media uh, came about, there was no way to share uh, all of the documented proof of what actually happens to, to these elephants that are held captive in circuses. Uh, they just... There was no way to share it all. Now it's out there and people are seeing it with their own eyes. I mean, there's there's undercover video. I mean, it's there's no denying the uh, horrific, horrific abuse of elephants that are so magnificent uh, that for this to happen to them is just a tragedy. And we have the power uh, we have the power of knowledge. We can. We have the power to make this stop. We as a people, if you do not go to a circus, you are not supporting the 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 abuse anymore. Uh, now that people are, are aware and know what actually happens behind the scenes to these elephants on a continual basis. I mean, it's not just once. I mean, if you go to a circus, you'll see the handler in the ring, and he has what's called a bullhook in his hand. And this bullhook is a heavy instrument with a sharp point on the end where they use it to jab the elephant in very sensitive parts behind their ears, uh, in their anus, uh, underneath their armpits, uh, up underneath them, in, into their mouths. And they'll do this very very quickly and uh tried to get away with it in the ring uh without people realizing it and like i said earlier the people don't realize it because they're watching the show and they're oblivious to it 
Yeah. But once you point out to people like at protests, boots on the ground, we hand out leaflets. Uh, people just didn't know walking in and we have peaceful protests. We tell people, please, if you do decide to go in, take a look at the elephant, take a look at the handler, what he's got in his hand, that bull hook. And then when they come out, they say, or they don't go in or they go in and they come right back out and say, you were right. The elephant is not happy, is, is miserable. And because what happens is the elephant is so smart that they have gotten beaten numerous times behind the scenes with this bull hook. Uh, they know just by looking at that bull hook what's going to happen to them if they don't do not perform their tricks as they're told inside the ring. And we have documentation of them coming out uh, behind the scenes into their tarped area after the circus is over and being beaten and made to do this trick over again because they messed up inside the ring. Yeah. Again, and, uh, no, having no life, having no encouragement, no positive reinforcement, it's just all negative. And to yeah. highlight again, how sensitive and how intelligent these animals are when in, in Africa, when there is a death in the herd, animals will come back for years to where that animal died and they will sway and touch the bones for hours just rumbling and moaning uh, these are incredibly intelligent incredibly sensitive animals and you are depriving them of everything for entertainment so you're right no circuses no roadside zoos no petting zoos even overseas, if you see, I want to ride a baby elephant. No, because you are just endorsing the bad behavior and the bad stuff that goes goes on. So let me ask and again, you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and again, it's just awareness, knowing what how magnificent elephants are. They're much like human beings. They need the company of their own kind uh, in order to thrive mentally and physically when they're in a circus, they're chained up when they're not performing, they're made to stand in their own waist. Uh, they have scalding from urine uh, running down their legs. Uh, nosy was found, uh, when she was taken to the sanctuary upon arrival, of course, they did a very comprehensive, uh, veterinary exam on her and she was, um, she had no food in her stomach. Okay, you know, elephants eat constantly, constantly. She was dehydrated. She had hyperkeratosis, which is a buildup of dead skin on their, uh, all over their bodies. And this was a constant um, violation uh, of this circus to Nosy. She was checked numerous times for this uh, specific uh, ailment and was told to correct it and uh, was, you know, was yeah. supposed to. To correct this problem and what happens is with the hyperkeratosis is it forms deep fissures and bacteria gets in here and this gets into this can become septic and can kill an elephant and uh, she had a urinary tract infection she had arthritis uh, which is very very painful and this can put an elephant to death arthritis and foot problems uh, in circuses when they stand on hard concrete uh, when they walk in the small circuses, uh, small circus, small circles to give rides to humans upon their backs, they're not made to carry weight. Elephants are very, very, very powerful, but for pushing, for pulling, their trunks are very powerful, but their backs were not made to bear weight. They have a spine that protrudes, 
And after years and years and years of people riding on their back with the howda, the riding apparatus on their back, this puts puts tremendous uh, pressure on their backs and causes this arthritis and deformities, and it's very very painful. Um, so yeah, Nosy had a myriad of uh, physical ailments um, that are she's so we're so grateful she is improving Yay. from um, and. Yay thriving at the elephant sanctuary in Tennessee. So let me ask and you. And the other miracle. Oh, was sorry. The, uh, the, the elephant sanctuary was only 96 miles away from where she was found, uh, which was a miracle because they sent out a, a luxury trailer and she, you know, left uh, her horrible condition um, to live. And this was 2017 in November. And she's been there for over two and a half years and she's just thriving. Um, she's best. doing wonderful. And this I love what this story. I love this story. And this is a mission of face. We um, want to provide this kind of freedom to the rest of the elephants that are in circuses and zoos in the United States. Um, so this is this is what the, the mission of face is. And our vision is to see all captive elephants in circuses and zoos. Uh, living in a sanctuary where we want to give back the life that was stolen from them um, for so many years. And all of these elephants are aging. They're in their 40s and they're suffering greatly. And uh, that's the mission of FACE to get them out. So we've got a couple of minutes um, left, Robin, before we get to Mike here. And I just a couple of quick questions. So are you currently working on securing and getting some elephants out right now? Are you like in the process with some other elephants in the country right now? Uh, right now we are, of course, we are always tracking um, the elephants. Uh, right now it's a difficult time for that because uh, they're locked up behind the scenes because of the COVID. Uh, they're not traveling. Uh, they're not performing in the circuses, uh, which is a good thing um, because they're not chained up. They're not in their cargo trailers and they're not, uh, you know, suffering in that way, but they're still chained up in their facilities where they're held. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we are working for, uh, an elephant named Asha. She is at the natural bridge zoo in Virginia. Um, we are working on litigation, uh, in Virginia to try to get, uh, her out. Um, so we're working on litigation, uh, legislation in Virginia. I'm sorry, not litigation. We're working on legislation in Virginia, um, as well as uh, just wrapping up our uh, documentary. We also do circus tracking. Uh, we're working on a national law. It's called TEPSPA, Traveling Exotic Animal and Public Safety Protection Act, which will um, stop all traveling uh, circuses with animals nationwide in the whole United States. That's fantastic. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fantastic. Uh, we That's fantastic. Yeah, I love fantastic. that. Yeah. So let me um. Yeah. So let we me ask you. I'm involved with a law called Nosy's Law in New Jersey, which no uh no circuses are allowed in New Jersey with uh with with uh, wild and exotic animals and. Uh, 
Freehold Cap Developments was uh, very much a part of that law passing. So we're very proud of that. Uh, so we continue That's to work on legislation and um, bringing the world our documentary, which will show the world exactly what happens behind the scenes with uh, circus uh, elephants. And to let people know there are still many circuses out there. Just because Ringling closed does not mean um, that the circuses are all finished. We're so, so proud of you guys. I mean, this is a big thing. And if somebody wanted to help face how, where would they go? Like what was, what would be the website for them to go to? Our website is called free all captive elephants dot org. Mm -hmm. And everything that I spoke of today, plus uh, so much more information is available where people can donate um, to help us uh, continue to bring awareness uh, and to do what we do to uh, save other elephants like Nosy. That's awesome. And we're also on Facebook, uh, Free All Captive Elephants. Um, so you can join us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're out there and uh, we want to spread the word. That's awesome. And thanks for bearing with us with our, our crazy internet going on. You were a trooper. It kept cutting off. I'm like, where did she go? Come back, Robin. Come back. So again, we're going to talk to you in a minute. But right now, our my uh, next special guest here is Mike Meese, who's in this fabulous cabin in Yellowstone. Uh, again, I'm very jealous, Mike, because it looks like you have a, a great life up there. And you are with the Buffalo Field Campaign. And your website is buffalofieldcampaign.org. Mike Meese, tell us about this organization. I have to tell you, when I was researching, like I did with with Face, I, my mouth just dropped open when I heard who our big enemy is to protect the buffalo in Yellowstone and elsewhere was. So tell us about this organization uh, and, and what's been going on. It is something that blows my mind. Well, first I want to thank Robin and her group, hard work and, and never ending commitment. Um, I think in this particular time in history, I, I've got to bring it back to a historical perspective. Mm -hmm. um, we're finally in a reckoning period where we're admitting our atrocities conducted towards black people brought over here as slaves. Um, we're admitting now what we've done to Native Americans. And really, the buffalo are a story of the historical insanity that we have put up with on this continent for far too long. Um, the reason the buffalo were killed off, and there were estimates on continent North America, there were 30 to 60 million buffalo on this continent. And we killed them down to 23 animals. 60 um, million to 23. Again, this is the insanity of man. 60 million. Yeah, 60 million <laughs> so to three. I mean, 24. And so you have, you know, this mindset, this paradigm we've been stuck into. And, and really, the buffalo were killed as General Phil Sheridan, who was in charge of the U.S. Cavalry at the time, wiping out the Native Americans, said the Buffalo killers have done more to kill the Native Americans than any other cause that the um, U.S. Cavalry has done to them because they are taking away their commissary and their way of life. And so these 23 animals that they found, um, they decided to send the U.S. Cavalry to stand guard with them for two years so that poachers did not eliminate the entire herd. 
And then after that, we established our national park system. And Yellowstone National Park was originally earmarked to protect and save the last wild buffalo and to give them a little habitat to live in. And here we are 120, 130 years later, and because of the cattle industry and the disease that the cattle gave to our wildlife out here, we're now killing these animals with our taxpayer dollars um, to, sit, to, to do something that is not even logical possible. The buffalo have never transmitted the disease in a wild setting, only in a, a caged-in laboratory test conducted at Texas A&M. These animals, um, they also have been given it elk, the deer, other animals, and the elk supposedly have transmitted the disease, according to their records, to the tune of three times a year. Yet the buffalo are the only ones that they round up, have a slaughter program, and never want them to be able to leave the, com the confines of Yellowstone National Park. We actually refer to Yellowstone Park as the bison reservation because that's very similar to what they did to all the Native Americans in that process as well. So for the last 23 years, we've been out here on the front lines. We've had over 6,000 volunteers, someone from every state in the United States, countries as far as Australia, all over Europe. People come to stand with these buffalo when they leave the safety of Yellowstone Park. Um, we have many tools that we use first and foremost, like you were saying, Robin. Our number one tool is the video camera to document and show the world what their taxpayer dollars are implementing. Um, number two, we, we do um, acts of nonviolent civil disobedience occasionally when appropriate. And we work with tribes. When I had the honor of helping start this organization, we worked with a traditional Lakota elder, Rosalie Little Thunder. Her, her and I co-founded this organization back in 97. And, you know, I think that's something that gets lost so all too often. You know, we care about these animals. We have a relationship with them. We want to do something to change because we recognize their importance as individuals as well and that they have the right to a fair and fine life. But we lose this context because we, we don't, you know, we, we're learning from them, like you were saying, Robin, in cages and zoos and, you know, just different ways that really aren't exhibiting the buffalo. But like Rosalie Little Thunder told me when I first started this with her, she's like, Mike, I come from a nation that calls itself Tatanko Oyate. And the closest that translates to your language is, I come from the Buffalo Nation. And these animals that you feel so strongly to protect, to want to help out, are not animals to me and my people. They're our relatives, and that's how sacred they are. And, and the buffalo, to me, is as important a symbol of the U.S. as the eagle. You know what I mean? To, to me, this is and the identity. Mammal now. Yeah, they, I mean, they are a national identity. And that it same like with the, the wild horses and mustangs. I, I don't understand the assault on these animals when this is supposed to be, you know, the image of the U.S. is freedom, the, you know, the power to push through and prevail. And, you know, I saw on your site that um, when you started – you know, there were 1,100 bison killed in 96 and 97. And when you guys started being on the ground, 
being in their face saying, we're watching you, we're watching what you're doing, leave these animals alone, um, the animal deaths dropped to 11. Now in 2019, 2020, 859 um, have been killed and since 85, 12,575. And a lot of them are government agents doing this because of the cattle industry and all that. I, that you're right. This is our taxpayer money decimating our history here. I don't understand this. Well, I think something important to understand, too, is that this is being touted as one of the conservation success stories of this country. But what they don't tell you in that same breath of fresh air is that of the over 600,000 bison that are in the United States right now, less than 10,000 of them are genetically pure. All the rest are what we refer to as beefalo. They're mixed with the cattle bovine gene, and they have made test tube babies. And so you can't physically tell the difference by looking at them. They all carry what would, you know, you'd guess is the, the more buffalo characteristics, but they're not. And they don't, un, they don't have the wisdom of, manage, of migrations and taking care of the earth. I mean, Yellowstone is not ideal buffalo habitat. It's a high elevation plateau where they went to hide it from extinction. They're plains animals. They have a gift to give back to this place. And it's, you know, in this time of, of our whole crisis of global warming, one of the things that the gifts that the buffalo have is earth restoration. Mm -hmm. They don't stay in overgraze an area. They are, I hate to insult them like this, but real carbon farmers. When they walk across the earth, they eat the grasses and spill the seeds. Their hoofs are cleft and such, so they till the soil as they walk. And you have the magic fertilizer coming out the back end, and you have a perfect regeneration process. Kind of and like we'll the elephant that. in Africa. Yeah. They are the, the forest ambassadors. Same thing. Exactly. They forage, yeah. seeds drop. You know, they're, they're clearing forests. There is a purpose for these animals. And when you remove them and you wonder, gee, why is this area not doing well? Well, because you took out the perfect equation. You took out the perfect variable in there because of your needs. And you're right. They, they aren't in that area normally. They are a savanna thing. But you're right. This is, this is outrageous that our tax dollars are paying people to kill these animals. I, I don't even understand. In the United States Park Service, Department of Livestock, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, all these agencies are all Forest Service. They're being paid our tax dollars to carry out this plan. But I think, you know, going back to like what Robin was saying, these buffalo are extremely family-oriented as well. And when you see them migrate through the thick winter snows out here, four and five feet deep that we have for five to six months out of every year, they walk in single file. And when the lead buffalo, he or she gets exhausted, they step to the side and the procession goes on. And then they jump in at the very end of the line where all the work has been done. And so as a herd, they share the burden of survival together. They, you know, when predators are around, like so many native dances that mimic this idealism, they put their babies in the middle and form a circle around them to protect their animals. And, and in the morning, I've seen some of the most 
saddest things I've ever seen in my life. We witnessed Buffalo get shot in the field by hunters. And immediately, if it's a herd of them, they can't get near that buffalo. And every one of those buffalo will head over there. Initially, they'll try and lift them up with the horns until they realize they're past. And then all of them will come and have a circle and a mourning ceremony for their brother and sister. And same thing. I don't know that they go there every year to the same spot because, unfortunately, too damn many of them get killed. Um but there is that reverence and, and even just gut piles, they'll go by and they'll stop and have ceremonies. And, you know, in a Buffalo world, everyone's equal. They have leaders, but the leader's job is to make sure that everyone in the herd survives because in a Buffalo world, everyone is just as important as each other. And the loss of one is the loss of the entire herd. And I think humans, especially in this day and age, need to start looking at that kind of thing and understanding that we're all the same. Yeah, it's not just me, me, me. It's all about me. It's not that. We'll we'll survive better. we, We try to... Well, my issue is more important. Well, I'm doing more important work. It's like they're all so interconnected. It stems from the originality of stupidity of conquering this nation, taking away everything that was natural, converting into what we, the 200-year-old brilliant Americans, thought was the best for us. I mean, think about it. You know, the buffalo, and once again, I don't mean to ever insult them in any way, but they were the cow of this continent. If people have to eat meat and live that way, they were the gift that would take care of that necessity and take care of the earth in the same process. And but I love no, it. and I love it how humans are trying to manage yeah. everything and we can't even manage our own stuff. So here we think we're so fabulous and we're going to go manage herds and we're going to go do this and we're going to uh, take elephants away from their mothers and put them in a circus. We've screwed up everything. Let let nature do what nature does best. They figure it out themselves. And again, the thing that I really like about uh, the Buffalo Field Campaign is that your volunteers and stuff are literally on the ground as the protector. So if somebody, a nefarious character, is in an area, they are on the spot. They're filming. They're saying, we're here. You know what I mean? You are actually there. You're doing it safely. You know, you're not mm. confronting them and getting in their face, but you're documenting, you're warning them that you're there, you're taping, and that is that is something that is really a good means of stopping bad behavior or or a or illegal hunting or calling or whatever. I mean, it's a great deterrent actually. Yeah. And and I mean, it it is a weapon in its own right. I mean, when we're not there during hazing operations, it's a lot more aggressive. It's a lot more angry. And when you have a video camera on someone, it's amazing how the actions tame down and and de-escalate situations. And, you know, one of my mantras of life, and and it was taught to me by one of my favorite people in the world, Brock Evans, um, he, he is one of the authors of the Endangered Species Act. And, and I think it's of the moment of today that we need to all, all realize this is that the mantra of endless pressure, endlessly applied, will create change. 
So you can't give up. You can't go out and fight on the weekends and give up during the, you know, we have to be a constant thorn in their butt. We have to make sure that they never forget about us. And that's for every issue. You know what, with the George Floyd's death, I mean, He's got to be so proud up in the heavens of what that catalyzed. People have been out in the streets since he died and not stopped. And this is the first time in history we've had an elongated protest like that. And these are the things that we're witnessing are on the verge of creating these changes we need. And so be vigilant. Find your passion in your heart. What is the thing that's being done wrong to all of us that enrages you? Pick your path and go after them. Because we need say that. We need every help on every front, not just the animals, the humans, everything. I mean, my goodness, what are we going to leave these poor kids? They're not going to be able to breathe the air. They're not going to be able to go out in the sunlight because the sun's going to eat us because it's so hot. You know, we have to think. All this is intertwined. Everything is connected. The web of life includes all of us. And so when we can figure out what's right for everybody and not just for the 1%, we can start to get on the train to change this. And I think the train is rolling and everybody needs to hop on board. You know, and I love this because both organizations, (laughs) both organizations represent exactly what I was thinking about driving in today is I I want this podcast to inspire people who think, oh gosh, will I have any impact? Can I change anything? Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. It just takes putting that one foot in front of the net, you know, just one step after another, just doing it. Identify just what you said, Mike. What is your passion? What is the thing that just you're losing sleep over like I have got to do something because all these organizations around the world somebody said I can't just watch this anymore I have got to do something here with Robin with free all captive elephants you guys are on the site you're reporting you're you're following the circuses you're videotaping you're submitting the documentation Mike you guys are on the ground you're videotaping you're you're like, I'm, I watch you. I see what you're doing. You're not going to get away with it. We all can do this. We don't have a lot of time. Like it, with my foundation, well, our foundation, Nasefu Wildlife in Africa, extinction is happening. When I lived in Africa as a kid, there were 10 million elephants. We have under 300,000 now. I don't have time to sit around. I don't have time. I don't have that luxury of like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it in a couple of years. No, no, you won't do it in a couple of years. Do it now. And that's why... I want people to reach out. So, Mike, if somebody wanted to volunteer with you guys, what what do they do? Let me carry on one thing before oh, sure. I get there. Sure. Um, we also fight in the courts. Like, things we document in the field, we also keep wildlife databases to mm-hmm. test migration patterns, etc. But through what we witnessed, we're able to have lawsuits against violations. We are currently in the process of getting an endangered species listing for the buffalo. And so, you know, our front lines is one element of our work, but we work everywhere so that we can hopefully create change. Yeah. But from November until the end of May, that's when they harass the buffalo, kill them, etc. That is when we're in the field constantly. And all you need to do is go on our website, buffalofieldcampaign.org, and um, fill out an application. I mean, there's some new restrictions with the COVID and everything, but it's a very simple process. 
you pay to get here and get home and we feed, clothe, and house you for that entire time. In the summer, and this one's obviously a little bit different, once again, with the COVID, um, we don't have to worry so much about being in the field because they're not there going to kill the buffalo when three to five million tourists are here to look yeah, at them. Yeah. So we have education and outreach. We have a table inside Yellowstone Park. And this is good information for anyone. Inside any national park, any nonprofit can set up a free table. It's called a freedom of information table and give out information, even if it's contrary to what the park is doing, which obviously we are doing. So that's a great tool. And then, you know, we start our field season. Obviously, I've been spending the last month and a half cutting firewood, getting ready for winter again. So. You know, it's a constant cycle, but, um, you know, but the most important thing is just people's passion of finding what they believe in and knowing that you can make a change. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at history and it's always been one or two people that start something, but it grows and it grows and you're going to hear all your life, oh, you can't do that. That doesn't make sense. Don't even try it. Yeah. Don't listen. To Don't listen, listen to them. To listen to your heart. And you will be on the trail to create change. And we need you. So yeah. get off your butt and get involved. <laughs> I don't think people got the passion behind that, Mike. So, again, it's buffalofieldcampaign.org. And, Robin, same thing with you. If somebody wants to get involved, it's uh, free for all captive elephants. So it is it free for all the website again? Can you give it to us again? Sorry, Robin, your your internet. We've been having internet challenges today. Is it is it its face? Is it free? Allcaptiveelephants.org? Yes. Okay, that's it. Okay, good. All right. I got it memorized. You go. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure you're gonna get something from Mike, Robin. I'm pretty sure because his passion is on fire. So again, um, to recap a few things here, um, I'm so glad I had both of you. I'm sorry the internet. wasn't as strong as usual, but we're getting your message out and we'll have you guys back. So again, Mike is with um, the Buffalo Field Campaign. If you'd like to learn more and volunteer or be involved, it's buffalofieldcampaign.org. And Robin, you got your big documentary that's going to be going to Sundance. It's called Broken. You can go to the free all-captive elephants.org website and somebody can you know and again i'm sure you guys are all feeling it because i know nisefa wildlife is feeling it the money during covid has just disappeared and i mean i understand people are worried about their jobs and their future but these are people who are putting so much love and effort on their own dime trying to save the world and save these animals for future generations if you can spare anything five dollars ten dollars whatever it is it's so appreciated. It will be put to good work. And you've got, these people are examples of doing the right thing, never giving up, even when feeling discouraged, they just get up, pack a lunch and go do it all over again. And it can be a very, very challenging and emotionally challenging thing to witness all the time when you see this kind of stuff going on. So Robin, um, any final thoughts here of things that you wanna share with our listeners? Um, I think it's just very important for uh, anybody not it's easy for people to do is in your own area, in your own state, 
to uh, go to your legislators, uh, teach them about what we are, what we have uh, taught uh, about elephants, um, because the legislators uh, need to know what's happening in order to create bills that become law that stops this from happening. Uh, Nosy's law in New Jersey, no more circuses come through. If TEPSPA is passed, yes, <laughs> that was big. And we were tested on that too, because I'm from New Jersey, uh, Garden Brothers Circus tried to come through um, after this law was passed. Well, needless to say, um, they didn't get their foot in the door because not only uh, are the, if, if there is a law in place, um, that's great, but it has to be enforced. If these circuses think that they can get away with coming through with that law and nobody pays attention with that law in place, um, they're going to do it. And, you know, surprisingly, just because there's a law in the state doesn't mean every town knows about that law. So it's up to uh, us to make sure that these laws are enforced. Um, it takes boots on the ground. I mean, all we did was we, we called the, um, the townspeople and we made sure that they knew that the circus was trying to come in. And we called the circus itself and said, you're not coming in here with elephants, tigers, lions, bears, camels, because they're all on the list that are not permitted to come through in a circus. Um, so educating legislators um, so that they can create laws to make this stop. Uh, every other country has is shutting down circuses. United States is far behind. We need to do something to make it stop nationally. And TEPSPA uh, is our best chance at that. So we're working on TEPSPA. Um, we're working with uh, other uh, organizations like uh, ADI. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking too long. Oh, no, no worries. I'm just keeping an eye on <laughs> okay, everything. Okay. Uh, we're working with other organizations such as the Humane Society of the United States. Uh, to uh, We're working as a team. It's not just FACE. Sure. It's not just for all captive elephants. Um, we're not doing it by ourselves. We need everybody jumping on board, getting out there and speaking up, letting others know about what's going on with elephants and circuses. It's happening. It's real. And we need to make it stop. And we somebody not and somebody can reach out to you if they witness something going on with an elephant. I mean, get it to somebody who actually cares and might be able to do something about it and put the word out to get some protection. So if you happen to go see a zoo, a roadside zoo, or some crazy circus in a in a mall parking lot, and you see that, let somebody know because you can see the signs yeah. of, of abuse. There's scarring. There's open sores. There's swaying. There. Yeah, there's all sorts of things, and there's and you can be proactive that way. Yeah, even if you don't see anything, it's it's still happening. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 what you don't see that is the worst part. Um. So yeah. So reach out to us on freeallcaptiveelephants.org. Uh, we have a uh, contact form there where you can contact us. Um, we receive emails all the time. Reach out to us, and we'll uh, help you in your community. We'll help you. Uh, uh, protest. We'll help you organize. Uh, we'll help you with your legislators. Um, this is what we do. We bring awareness and we help others to bring awareness to everybody. Because if you know, you won't go.
Yeah, true. And, and it's all about awareness. It's all about awareness and educating. And you guys, um, I got to wrap things up here, but I could have, I could talk to you guys for hours and hours. I'm, I'm inspired by you. Uh, I have found out doing this podcast that, you know, when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, I just listen to you guys and I'm like, you know what? Inspiration right here. I'm getting inspiration right here. I'm feeling your energy. And uh, I know I represent a lot of people. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being on the ground. Thank you for caring and starting a movement because it is moving it in the right direction and change is happening. Again, Mike Meese, you're awesome. I want to see your cabin sometime in Yellowstone. Got to show me around. Let's go intimidate some government officials. Take them away from the buffalo. Let's do it. And Robin, such a pleasure. Thank you for everything you've done. And uh, congratulations on a fantastic organization. Again, the two organizations, buffalofieldcampaign.org and freeallcaptiveelephants.org. A pleasure, you guys. I hope to have you back and have a great rest of the day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank Thank you, you. Mike. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I admire everything that you're doing. Thank you. Just remember, you're all a buffalo, and you can do what you want. (laughs) I want for that shirt, too. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye.